Welcome to Christian Warrior Talk, proudly presented by Christian Warrior Mission. Hosted by former Navy SEAL, SWAT officer, and atheist, now a warrior for Jesus Christ, Pastor Jason Perry. This is more than just a podcast. It's a spiritual vanguard where we intentionally set aside the hustle of our daily lives to come together. We gather to study the Bible, share in heartfelt prayer, and engage in meaningful discussions about all things Christian, homesteading, prepping, and self-defense. Lock shields with us, and together, we will hold the line. And now, let's meet your host, Pastor Jason Perry. You are listening to the Patriot Crusader Mission Podcast, where Christian warriors are forged. Here, you will find our talk show, Christian Warrior Talk, sermons, and Bible studies with Pastor Jason Perry. Join us to become the Christian warrior you are called to be. Strengthen on us. Strengthen on us. I my signal. Unleash hell. Do or do not. There is no try. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this um, this special edition of Patriot Crusader Mission Christian Warrior Talk. I'm going to be doing a sermon here in a little bit, but I wanted to uh, come on and explain why I'm doing this and um, and give people some time to come on because I know we hyped this on some some other channels. So I hope the rock music, the Christian rock music, didn't throw everyone off. But hey, if it did, this show probably isn't for you, anyways. <clears throat> so I had a rough rough weekend. Uh, I talked about it on Instagram, and uh, I got a lot of notes for this today, guys. Before I get into my sermon, so my sermon has has not. <laughs> has not started. Um, I don't know. It was it was a bunch of things that caused me to have. It was like the perfect storm that caused me to have a bad weekend. Um, the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven um, had a lot to do with it. The a gaping hole in all of our chests that was ripped open with the way Afghanistan ended. And then, you know, compounding that, um, is the, uh, uh, the pastor's conference I went to a week before. Thank you, Melissa. It's good to see you. Michelle, it's good to see you. Lauren, it's good to see you. We, the people, it's good to see you. Robert, it's good to see you. I changed my background because we are going to be doing a sermon today. I'm going to be doing a sermon today. Um, I guess I'll get into it. Um, I'm going to try not to cry during this. So if I do, forgive me. Um, Hello, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I have called this sermon the sermon I needed to hear. I needed to hear this sermon this Sunday. The Sunday after the 20-year anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, which in light of the recent catastrophic retreat from Afghanistan had left me very emotional and frustrated. I thought I couldn't be alone in this. You know, I was destroyed. And I have a great life. A life with an amazing wife, family, friends, and fellowship. An amazing, fulfilling career. I am blessed beyond belief, and I was still destroyed this weekend. 
The purpose of this sermon is not to bash any other church, including my own. I love my church and the people who go there. I do not know why pastors neglect 9-11 or even Memorial Day so often. Maybe they feel ill-equipped to be able to do so. Maybe it's not on their radar. I, I don't know why it wouldn't be on their radar. The purpose of this sermon today, well, let me get into it. Each of us has our own testimony to stand on to reach those who relate to us. My heart is not for the addicted. It's not for, you know, you know, for the average person. I mean, I want to save everyone. My, I lost my little brother to heroin. I, I sympathize with them. My heart is for those who have served and put it all on the line. For not just their friends and family, but for the people they do not know and who often hate them. I have been them as a Navy SEAL in Iraq and overseas, as a paramedic embedded with uh, the New York Fire Department all over New York, and as a Boston police officer in my hometown. Our military has been betrayed by those in charge of them, and our law enforcement is under attack and hated by vast portions of our country. Suicide runs rampant in both communities. They need us now more than ever, and it is not in their nature to ask for support or help. That is why I am going to try to speak for them. But it's not only the first responders who were affected by 9-11. Nearly all of us who were alive and old enough to understand on that day or have lost loved ones or friends in the war since carry a wound, a wound that was torn open by the complete failure of the Afghanistan catastrophe. I hope this sermon will bring understanding and healing to those that need it and to those that have neglected the impact of 9-11 on their flock. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you now for your words and not mine. Lord, give me the words to say that will help some veteran or some first responder or some gold star family or some widow or widower or fatherless child or mom and dad who no longer have a son. Give me something that will say that will give them hope. Because we need it. And too often, no one talks about this. Too often, it's just brushed aside for the next sermon in line. I went looking everywhere, Lord, to find the answer for this that I needed. And I hope you gave it to me because I couldn't find it anywhere. Not from my most trusted mentors or giants in the faith. I found it nowhere. So. If not them, then maybe hopefully something I say today will be your words that will help someone. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. John fifteen twelve through 14. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version today. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you. 
Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Those are the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastors and ministers have an incredible responsibility as leaders in faith. To help people grapple with dark days and dark events of our time and in our history. Sometimes, even as those days grow further in the distance of history, their lessons and pain become more and more powerful as time marches on. Pastors and ministers must, I repeat, must confront the evils of today and continue to wade into the evils from the past. To seek healing and understanding, and in the case of our Lord Jesus Christ, who died over 2,000 years ago, I'm sorry, who over 2,000 years ago was tortured, mocked, and died on a cross for our sin, who then rose from the grave three days later. Salvation. To not do so is negligent and is naive at best and cowardice at worst. We must show our flock and the world that the word, God's word, the Bible, God's sword, is the manual for all of life's challenges. Most of all, the darkest and most evil challenges we all face. There are no darker days in our history here in America as the day America was attacked on 9-11 by evil incarnate. We must go back to that gut-wrenching day to remember and learn. I pull the following statistics from the 9-11 Memorial website, 911memorial.org in the FAQ section. What happened on 9-11? Their answer. 19 terrorists from Al-Qaeda hijacked four commercial airplanes, deliberately crashing two of the planes into the upper floors of the north and south towers of the World Trade Center complex and a third plane in the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia. The Twin Towers ultimately collapsed because of the damage sustained from the impact and the resulting fires. After learning about the other attacks, passengers on the fourth hijacked plane, Flight 93, fought back and the plane was crashed into an empty field in western Pennsylvania about 20 minutes by air from Washington, D.C. The attacks killed 2,977 people from 93 nations. 2,753 people were killed in New York. 184 were killed at the Pentagon. and 40 were killed on Flight 93. I'm going to play. <clears throat> it's not graphic and it's relatively short. But I'm going to play a video that is as it happened with recent audio releases so people can actually remember what happened. American 11, are you trying to call? The cockpit is not answering their phone. Our number one is in staff, and our five is in staff. Hey, I'm going to call from Washington. I am in a situation where American 11, a possible hijack. What's going on, Benny? The crap is erratic again. Problem, very erratic. Oh, God. Oh, my God. United 175, New York. 
We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, two of them. Warrior Talk is sponsored by Trident Shield, your trusted ally in violence preparedness. Trident Shield safeguards your loved ones with expert training and consulting. Trident Shield, defending faith through preparedness because together we save lives. Negative contact, we're looking United 93. United 93, Cleveland, if you hear the center, right then. I got that Keep remaining to the Tuesday, 9.47 a.m. Hi, baby. I'm, baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. We're 56865. Uh, no, we have, uh, I believe it is a uh, Boeing 757. Can you see him up there, sir? That's concurred. Uh, it looks like he's rocking his wings. Roger. He's rocking back and forth. We're 56865. I advise you to stay away from that aircraft. Go north as fast as you can. United 93. Have you got information on that yet? Yeah, he's down. He's down? Yes. When did he land? He did not land. Are we down? Yeah, down? somewhere up northeast of Camp David. Honestly, I just want to let you know I love you, and I'm stuck in this building in New York. There's lots of smoke, and he just wanted you to know that I love you. What is... At number two, I'll tell you right. We're not ready to die, but it's getting bad. That's from uh, 
the TSA's YouTube channel as it happened. How many people saw videos of 9-11 in their church, I wonder, if they talked about it at all? There were an awful lot of people who are alive today that weren't alive during that, and they will never know what that was like. I pray they will never know. Of those killed that day in New York, Oh, yeah, all over. I'm sorry. 343 were firefighters. 60 were police officers. Eight were private EMT and paramedics. Three were New York State court officers. One New York fire patrolman. Unfortunately, many more have died to cancer and other 9-11 link sicknesses. Many more. The numbers are staggering. I'm now going to get into the compounding cost of 9-11. But I see Melissa here said it's heart-wrenching and no, our church did not say anything. I don't understand that. How can you be so clueless? How can you be so lost? To not even address it? Brothers and sisters out there who are pastors, I'm begging you, pull your head out of your ass. Your people need you. I can only imagine if it hurt me this bad, how somebody who doesn't have the blessed life I have is feeling. I want to show you what happens and how this spirals out and how many people it affects. The compounding cost of the war on terror since 9-11 is immense. According to a study conducted by the Watson Institute of International and Public Affairs at Brown University. I'm not a fan of Brown University, but they did a really in-depth study here. These numbers are going to blow you away. At least 801,000 people have died due to direct war violence, including armed forces on all sides of the conflict, contractors, civilians, journalists, and humanitarian workers since 9-11. Over 335,000 civilians have been killed in direct violence by all parties to these conflicts. 7,057 U.S. service members have been killed in the post-9-11 war operations. 33,177 suicides among U.S. service members and veterans of the post-9-11 wars. 33,000 suicides. And we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. That doesn't count the suicides among first responders, which is now rising every year, particularly in police departments because they're so hated and that job is so awful right now. We do not know the full extent of how many U.S. service members return, uh, returning from these wars became injured or ill while deployed. Many deaths and injuries among U.S. contractors have not been reported as required by law, but it is likely approximately 8,000 have been killed. 37 million people have been displaced by post-9-11 wars in Afghanistan, Pakistan, 
Iraq, Syria, Libya, Yemen, Somalia, and the Philippines. The U.S. government is conducting counterterrorism activities in 85 countries, vastly expanding this war across, across the globe. The wars have been accompanied by erosions in civil liberties and human rights at, in the, at the homeland and abroad. Now, this is extremely troubling to me because I was a fool. I supported all of the, their overreach. I mocked and scoffed at Rand and Ron Paul. I thought they were crazy. They were right. Governments can never be trusted. They can't. I see that now, and I hope we're not too late. As this administration has proven time and time again now, that there's no overreach that's too far for them. And I've done a formal apology to Rand Paul, who I consider probably the best man on the planet for the, to be the president because he doesn't want power. The human and economic costs of these wars will continue for decades, with some costs, such as the financial costs of the U.S. veterans' care, not peaking until mid-century. Most U.S. government funding of reconstruction efforts in Iraq and Afghanistan has gone towards arming security forces in both countries. Much of the money allocated to humanitarian relief and rebuilding civil society has been lost to fraud, waste, and abuse. Yeah, we saw how well invested that money was in the Afghan security forces. It's now we just spent all that and, and armed our enemies. The cost of the post 9-11 wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Syria, and elsewhere totals $6.4 trillion. This does not include future interest costs or the borrowing for the wars. These are just some of the measurable costs of 9-11 today. Many used to say, well, the only thing more powerful than the evil on 9-11 was the love showed by the first responders and later the military who showed greater love as no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen. I will say it again. Our heroes did it for strangers. America united overnight. Right? This is the part that all everybody wants to talk about. I want 9-12. I don't. I don't because it wasn't real. America united overnight. Churches were filled with people seeking God Almighty. Praise the Lord on that. American flags were everywhere and people loved our country and our champions for good and our first responders and then our military fighting overseas. So that's the end of the story, right? America is unified. 9-11's in the past. We're moving on. Someone said, oh, no, Lauren, what's wrong? Did I lose signal? Did I lose feed? Oh, well, I'm up on, where am I up right now? So I, YouTube just pulled us down for for this sermon already. I don't, I don't know why. So I'll give everyone a chance. Can you tell them to hop over? What's that? 
I'm going to wait for people to hop over here. I see people logging on right now over here on Facebook. Oh, there's still 13 people over on. So I'd love to know what policy I violated. No, people do that all the time because we're commenting on it. But anyways, let me get back to the sermon. I'm waiting for people to hop over to Facebook. I see so many people over there on, still on, on YouTube. Is it back? Okay, anyways, all right, it looks like we're back now. I don't know why YouTube did that. Maybe they didn't like that I played that that um, clip, whatever. The most important is, yeah. Um, so that's the end of the story, right? You know, at the Super Bowl, we're all one country. Everything's great. It's awesome. It's all one America. No. And all too quickly it ended. The godless left who were shaken out of their hatred for America and their wokeness went back to their demonic, selfish lives. The police who were heroes were now the enemy. Police offer attacks and assassinations were soared and are now at an all-time high in the USA. The left also forgot their newfound love of America and resumed their hating, protesting, and burning of the flag, the flag that just a while ago they themselves flew proudly. Maybe they just liked the victim status of the moment because America had been attacked. I don't know. In a short time, our professional sport teams went from honoring our true heroes in the military and law enforcement to protesting and wearing pigs as socks and chanting the most disgusting things, dishonoring and disrespecting them, both our military and law enforcement. In fact, just a few months ago, you want to know how, cor- how lost we've become? Our corrupt and misled leaders said that white males and white rage are the number one evil facing our, the USA. Christian evangelicals are called a hate group or worse, a terrorist group by many of our corrupt public officials and organizations. To make things worse, the shameful catastrophe in Afghanistan has left our military, Gold Star families, and 9-11 survivors feeling broken, betrayed, and angry. Brothers and sisters, we have been betrayed by our corrupt politicians, greedy corporate America, brainwashed academia, and the worst of all, the weak church. We stand on the precipice of losing the greatest country that has ever existed that was passed down to us to safeguard the most Christian nation in the world that has done more good in the name of God than any other nation in history. Perhaps a contributing part of my sadness this weekend was that I was at a pastor's conference recently and was disgusted by the weakness of some of the coward pastors I saw speak there and the sheep that affirmed them from the audience. Despite repeatedly calling for unity in the body, multiple pastors attacked strong champions of faith, 
those same champions of people I looked up to risk all and fearlessly go after and pursue the truth of God and do not bow to the enemy. They did this from the stage. They didn't name names, but we knew who they were talking about. They quoted them directly. But the unity they were seeking was missing something. It was missing the unity and truth in the body. One misguided pastor even said that, that America was not our home and that it, should not, it is not our job to Christianize American culture. If America is not our home, I know that people say we're aliens here and whatever. Then go to Afghanistan, brother. Go to Afghanistan or go to Syria or go to Somalia, go to some other hellhole and try to do what you do in your comfortable life here. The fact that any pastor thinks it's not our job to Christianize the culture shows the depth of the problem in the church and is not thinking straight. A society's culture reflects what they value. The Bible calls us to value all things godly. Some of those are truth, love, life, and justice. Our modern society values none of these things. Love to them is meaningless sexual pleasure and the enabling though and enabling those around them to drift into self-destruction. Truth no longer exists in today's society. It is simply every individual has their own version of what is true. Life is not valued over convenience in our abortion mill society. The justice of today's culture elevates criminals and persecutes law enforcement. Another cowardly pastor said, do not talk politics from the pulpit because you might drive people away and cause division in the body. Can you tell me what part of you Jesus does not want? I'm waiting. You tell me what part of you Jesus doesn't want. What part of your life? None. He wants your politics. In fact, I have something here from a friend who sent this to me. Moses disobeyed the Pharaoh. Esther disobeyed Persian law. Jesus disobeyed the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Peter disobeyed the Sanhedrin. Paul disobeyed the emperor of Rome. It's not Christian to do what you're told. If what you're told doesn't align with what God tells you to do. There's another big distinction between all these. Until America, every, every single country was ruled by a tyrant, a dictator, or a king. We are responsible for our laws. In our country, we are responsible. We, a king doesn't pass them down. Abortion's legal because we want it to be, because we allow it to be. We don't get to pass off the blame onto our king or pharaoh or whoever, supreme ruler. It's our fault. And we're not supposed to talk politics? Shame on you, cowards. 
because it'll cost you money. It might cost you something. Let me tell you something. If there's a single Democrat in your church who thinks they're going to heaven without repenting for abortion, you've done them a disservice. It is incompatible with God to back abortion. Incompatible with God to back the LGBTQ and the 120 other genders. When Paul is talking about unity in the body, he's talking about unity in the mind for Christ. He's not talking about compromising Christianity itself. Show me once where Jesus compromised. Show me. It doesn't exist. The third pastor that disgusted me, or I'm fourth, I don't remember now, said he wanted to send someone to hand out cards at Greg's, Greg Locke's church. He didn't mention Greg Locke. He wasn't brave enough to do that. Outside of Nashville to invite to come to his failing church because Pastor Locke said he did not want mass in his church as he called people to live in faith and not fear. I obviously take issue with all these statements. And I do not agree with Pastor Locke, who is somebody I look up to, telling people not to wear masks. I think you let people manage their own risk. I'm not, I'm not so brazen to think that I should be thinking for people to make their own risk assessments. They should be able to make their own risk assessments. <laughs> but I'm not going to get up there and ridicule him and mock him. Cowards. We are in this mess in part because the weak church did nothing to stop it. They allow this godlessness to spread into our government, courtroom, schools, and university on in universities unchallenged. The weak church failed to engage in the culture war or to be effective in pushing back against the modern day culture of Sodom and Gomorrah with its LGBTQ and 120 genders in abortion mills. If these pastors and Christians were alive back in the American Revolution, the Civil War or World War II, we would be living in a far darker world with even more untold suffering. Right now, we need the godly church to lead us out of this abyss. Now, I want to talk to you, everybody who was affected by 9-11 and all the wars since then. Brothers and sisters, your sacrifices mattered. Your lost loved ones mattered. Your broken marriages mattered. Your orphan children mattered. All your pain and suffering matter. Don't let a the Afghanistan issue blur what's really matters. What really matters? That your blood, sweat, and tears matter because God saw them. Because no greater love is there than a man lay his life down or his friends. Never mind his enemies. Your lives, their lives mattered. There's, your sacrifices mattered. America matters. If we lose America, 
the world will go dark. And watching all these pastors who it's usually tied to some pre-tribulation rapture stuff, which I don't know if we're going before or after. It doesn't matter. We don't know if it's going to be in a thousand years, 2000 years or tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Our mission is the same. We are on the largest POW rescue mission in the history of time itself. Pray for more time and fight for more time. Engage in the culture. We flip the culture. We turn America back to God. How lost and how clueless you pastors can you be? You hide in your echo chambers in your churches with your sandals, Birkenstock sandals, and think you're actually doing something. We send people overseas to all these hell holes when our foundations are crumbling. You want to turn the world back to God? Turn America back to God and then stand by. I don't know when the end of days are coming. I've had many people tell me that, oh, they see all these signs and all this stuff from Revelation. And again, I don't have an opinion on that. All I know is there have been dark times many times before. But good men and women stood up and fought, and they ended those hard times. And now we have a group of Christians that can't wait for Jesus to come back. And leave everyone else to hellfire and damnation. You've lost the spirit of it, brothers and sisters. We are called to fight for every single soul. Pray for more time to reach one more person. That is your new mission. It's not a government. It's not anything. It's to save these souls. And the best way to for these souls is to bring revival in America right now. And we can't do that with our weak sauce churches just totally caving. If we don't do it, brothers and sisters, if we don't do it, no one will. If we don't do it, no one will. I wanted to go and find a thousand like-minded individuals with all these churches and have an army going out there, but it's not there. It's 10 people right now on YouTube. There are others out there. And we need to find them. My pastor, Paul Miller, is one of them. Ken Graves is another. Find one by you. We have to lock shields. Gold Star families, 9-11 veterans, post-9-11 veterans, all veterans, first responders. Your mission is clear. We have to take back America. We have to win the culture war to bring revival throughout this land and turn back to God for more time. The Bible is not mentioned, or America is not mentioned in the Bible. Well, then, I think it would be kind of hard for the end of days to be here now, if that's true. Because we're still, we're still here. So, take heart in that with all these doom and fake prophecy people out there.
So I don't know what this was, but I called it the sermon I needed to hear, and I hope it helps somebody out there. I'm sorry YouTube took down the YouTube portion of what I was playing. I guess they figured they messed up and they put it back on. So I don't know. Let us close in prayer. And then I'll stay on and take questions. Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you now. We are a broken hearted, sad people. We are confused. But we are not lost because we have you, our great shepherd. Lord, I ask that you send out your spirit, your Holy Spirit, Lord, to each and every person here and lead them in truth. We need truth more than anything right now. If everything I said is not of you, then kill it. Kill it all. Make it go nowhere. Mean nothing. But if what I say is true, make it strike a chord. Hey, lift a, lift a head. Lift a heart. As only you can, Lord. I thank you for the words that you gave me today. I thank you for the people that took the time to watch a nobody on a Monday night. Lord, I pray that you'll allow to call America to turn back towards you. I pray that your churches will see the dire danger that we have out there right now and that we will all track back to you, your will, and lead another thousand years of light. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, everyone, that's enough of the tear show. <laughs> um, thank you so much for watching. I'd be happy to talk to you guys. Um, if there's anything you want to talk about, and I'll edit this stuff out at the end, but I don't even know who's here anymore. Um, I see Lauren's still here. I see Melissa's here. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for this message and your obedience in delivering it. I appreciate your vulnerability and rawness. We need more people with boldness and courage to speak the truth. Thank you. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you. <clears throat> Scott, good show, Jason. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> appreciate it. Well, if that's it, no one else has anything else to say. I think I'm going to sign off and go spend some time with my wife, who's been very patient with me as I threw myself into this. So I love you all. God bless you all. Don't give up. Don't ever, ever quit. Don't ever, 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 ever quit. Don't quit on Jesus and don't quit on America. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Patriot Crusader Mission, where Christian warriors are forged. Sponsored by Patriot Crusader Mission Patreon page. Join us and become the Christian warrior you are called to be. Thank you for listening to the Patriot Crusader Mission podcast. To support this ministry, please go to our website at patriotcrusadermission.org to make a tax-deductible donation or to tie it to our church. Grace and peace to you. Thank you for standing shoulder to shoulder with us in today's spiritual vanguard on Christian Warrior Talk, presented by Christian Warrior Mission.
As we've united in prayer, let's hold fast to the truth in Nehemiah 4.14. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Until next time, let's keep a humble and grateful heart, deliberately pursue our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and equip ourselves with the full armor of God. You're not walking this path alone. Lock shields with us, and together we will hold the line. May God bless you all.